at that point, it does somewhat cease to be goosebumps because what happened then was, <laughs> I'm not kidding, Giant they cranked elephant? up the flow rider, they turned on disco lights, <laughs> and a man in a bear costume came in and danced with us all for five minutes. <laughs> Tackling so much better if that had happened in this book. Was there, happen, any, was there any reason for it? Was there a theme? Like... No, it was, there was a ten-year-old man in a bear costume. And the, the crazy thing was, we, kind of, we couldn't leave. They wouldn't open the door until so Paul had a dance. <laughs> so we're all just like 15 of us, just like, do we dance? I think we dance. Hello and welcome to Shark Live Royal. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. Hello. And we are back with a super scary book because we've just missed it, but we're going to do it anyway. The Halloween spooky special shortly yeah. after Halloween. Yeah, just a few couple of weeks, nothing heavy, nothing, <laughs> yeah. nothing, nothing big. We've yeah. missed you all enormously, by the way. Absolutely. Um, I'm very excited to be back. Yeah, so what we're going to do, because we're a little late with the Halloween spooky special this year, we're going to really bring the thunder we're going to get one of the spookiest, scariest, chilling books of all time, surely. It's from the Goosebumps range. But, uh, <laughs> and it's called One Day at Horrorland by R.L. Stein. What do you reckon? Oh, well, I, I'll, I'll tell you this, actually. I never read Goosebumps when I was a child because what? I found them too frightening. <laughs> That's completely true. I found them too scary as a kid. I was like, why would I read? It's horrible. Nothing happens. It's just all of this awful things happen. Nothing interesting goes on at all. It, it may not come as a galloping shock to discover that I was a bit of a wuss when it came to reading <laughs> books when I was a kid. So this was, a, in a very weird way, this was me in my, like, adulthood doing something that 10-year-old me simply couldn't stand. <laughs> facing your demons. <laughs> yeah, it was. Facing my, as it turns out, fairly technicolor and um, simply drawn demons. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is by R.L. Stein, who is the sort of... he was He's the sort of the... The guy who wrote most of these Goosebumps books. All of them, I think. Did he? He wrote them all? Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I remember thinking when I was a kid about this guy, I was like, why is he calling himself R.L. Stein when Frank N. Stein is just there for the taking? <laughs> why aren't you doing this, Mr. Stein? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well so, so apparently that was how I engaged with horror literature when I was a child. I tried to give them marketing advice. I'm going to be interested to hear how you feel about this as a sort of, as our resident horror aficionado, because you're much mm. more of a, you've engaged much more with this sort of literature before, haven't you? Like all the way from Stephen King to Garth Marenghi. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see what you sort of, what you make of this and, mm. and how horrifying it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not quite as sophisticated as some horrors I've read, but um, we'll... we'll... <laughs> <laughs> we'll work our way through, our way through that, that. That there is go. the quote I'm using at the start of the edit, the start of the podcast. <laughs> no, okay, so if you haven't listened to us before, what we do is we, we take a book like this, we break it down into its, its chapters, and then we do it sort of page by page, if you like. Uh, we normally break it down into a series of podcasts on one book, but I mean, we can get through a Goosebumps book in a in a podcast at hope so without we'll do that. without breaking a sweat Matt <laughs> mind you so, we are we are the podcast that managed to spend longer on Jurassic Park the film than it takes to watch Jurassic Park the film <laughs> so oh, yeah. who can say <laughs> that's not a short film either no uh, it's not yeah, it's so, not a short fucking podcast it? <laughs> so we'll um yeah we'll do we'll, we'll go through the book and then there's a few reviews from around the internet that I'll I'll pull out at the end as well. So, it, you know what? It's, it starts, and when I say it's not the most sophisticated, I love the opening line. Oh, we, isn't it a cracker? As we entered the gates to Horrorland, we had no idea that in just a few hours, we would all be lying in our coffins. <laughs> Drops Mike, leaves <laughs> novel. Like, you can't, there's no topping that. That's up there with it was the best of times and the worst of times, and <laughs> yeah. it was the morning my grandmother exploded as an opening yeah. line for a novel. Yeah. It is a truth universally acknowledged. That, <laughs> <laughs> that a, family... a family in need of some peril <laughs> <laughs> must be in want of a theme park. 
and let's be honest, Zoo Gardens just isn't going to cut it. It's um, not going to. Zoo Gardens as well. Come on, is it a zoo or is it a garden? Yeah. Get your fucking act together. Yeah. Just not worth visiting, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. So we've got this family. They're in a car. You've got mum and dad, um, the protagonist called Lizzie, um, and these two kids, Luke, which is Lizzie's brother, and his best friend, his best scared fr- scaredy cat friend, Clay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> who might as well can we say this at this point <laughs> might as well have a red shirt on might he? Might as, here's the family unit and here's somebody just a touch extraneous to the whole endeavour I wonder which one of them is going to die first <laughs> so they're supposed to be all going to Zoo Gardens um, a, a wholesome uh, if slightly boring sounding theme park um, but they get the lost theme, the theme is ennui <laughs> They get lost in what appears to be some kind of desert, and they end up, uh, well, they end up at Horrorland. But before that, it turns out the reason they're getting lost <laughs> spoilers, is... Spoilers! Spoilers! <laughs> the ruining get... the tension of this. <laughs> the reason they get lost is because Dad's forgot the map, and uh, Mum and Dad have a big row, and Lizzie breaks it up. Um, in the meantime, Luke, her brother, <clears throat> is um, pretending to be the mad pincher and pinching his friend Clay. Um, it's all a bit of a haphazard, like a just rough and tumble car journey. This isn't it. Probably quite recognisable to many. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> going to say that we've all been on car journeys like this, haven't we? Although I have to say that if I had a if I had a brother that was that that into being the mad pincher, <laughs> I would not, as Lizzie attempts, uh, embrace non-violence in quite the same spirit. But... <laughs> yeah. So they get a bit lost. They pull up the side of the road. Lizzie looks up and, oh, God, it's a monster. End of chapter. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> You'll notice um, at the end of almost every chapter, something shocking happens. It's like a cliffhanger at the end of every chapter. It's glorious. <laughs> and it's a special kind of genius to write a story about people going to a theme park where every 200 words or so something <laughs> happens to make you feel like they're in danger for their lives <laughs> it's abs- just absolutely incredible yeah. it's also can i say this also quite a thing to write a horror book which could, could be completely undone by somebody having a sat nav and make <laughs> you forget about that fact yeah yeah that's true a working sat nav or mobile phone would have put this whole yeah. issue to bed straight I away mean, <laughs> it kind of it kind of makes it it's it must be very difficult now to write horror fiction in this day and age where it's like we're trapped in the woods there's no way of getting out except the gps receiver which i and everybody else have in their pockets <laughs> yeah i suppose you'd have to be uh oh the the signal's gone and the battery's flat yeah, that's what you need oh, to do, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this monster t- turns out it's a mechanical like billboard, um, and Lizzie has a trouble separating. Yeah, uh, <laughs> imagination for reality, as we'll find out later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How well animated is this animated billboard? Because <laughs> I've seen some of these things. I don't know about you, right? But this is the sort of thing which, when I was eleven and I had never been to the United States. I would probably have been like, well, I don't know, in America they've got all sorts of stuff. Maybe yeah. they have got incredibly realistic animated billboards. I have now driven across <laughs> large sections of North America and I have encountered the world's biggest donut and <laughs> the world's biggest kielbasa, which I have seen, right? It is made out of fiberglass and when you are driving <laughs> along the highway, it looks for all the world like a 75-foot red cock and there's no two ways around that. <laughs> I've seen it. It was there. I've seen it. I have a photo of me next to it, available right. for a fee. So, this is a, a like I now can't believe that anything in the US would have a, a billboard that a teenager would respond to anything to with anything other than complete meh. Yeah. Waves. Seen yeah. it. You know what I mean. So this uh, this uh, this is part of a billboard for Horrorland, a theme park, and. Um... <laughs> <laughs> they're quite an easily distracted family because they say never mind the fact we're lost in the desert should we just go to Horrorland instead <laughs> like, yeah, come on, then. so so they drive to Horrorland um, they turn up and uh, it says the Horrorland horrors welcome you to Horrorland on the uh, on the billboard 
<laughs> they really landed on their their branding words, didn't they? The Horrorland horrors horribly welcome you to horrible Horrorland. It's horrifying. <laughs> and um, they hear some creepy organ music as they go towards the main entrance, <laughs> and then and then the car explodes. <laughs> that curveball at the very least isn't it i did not see that coming did you no that's some michael bay level shit there isn't yeah, it? An explosion Goose- actually they did a goosebumps movie last year and they should bloody well have had it directed by michael bay it would have been absolutely amazing it would have been absolutely at his level of filmmaking skill that's a definite like so the first shock is an apparently breathtakingly well-made animated billboard yeah. Cool, cool, cool. The second shock is the very real possibility of you and your family being blown to smithereens. <laughs> like, where are you going next with this graph? Where are you, you've gone from implausible to horrifying, but in many ways more realistic, towards what are you going to do next? Are they going to find out they're in space? <laughs> <laughs> well, we shall see. So we get to chapter three, the main entrance. They go through the main entrance... Um, the there are these park attendants called horrors. These big green. We, uh, she assumes these people in co- monster costumes, big green monsters with horns. It turns out later on, we, we'll find out what happens later on. But uh, <laughs> I was going to say, Matt, you're, you're short circuiting the whole <laughs> finely crafted tension building genius yeah. of One Day at Horrorland. I, I'm shocked. So. So one of these um, horrors is like is there, and uh, and they say, "Oh, can we use the phone?" No phones, no. <laughs> <laughs> so they got so so. This is a this is another. I mean, these these two should write a book on parenting. They're like um, <laughs> they're like right, okay, no phones. Damn, that's annoying, right? Should we just go in the park anyway? Calm the kids down because they're a bit overexcited. Because what you need when you've got overexcited children is just get them in the park, tire them out, and then we can work out how we find our way out of the desert. Yeah. I mean, if you th- if that's not bad enough, um, sort of just saying, oh, let's send the kids into the parks, tire them out. In the most spectacular display of bad parenting, they just send them off, the kids off alone then. They're <laughs> like, right, well, we need to sort out what's going on. So you just run off in this weird looking park and uh, just have a play. And uh, we're going to set ourselves out. So, so that's what happens. It's uh, it's it's um questionable disease. Poor life choices. I think you could reasonably <laughs> describe this as poor life choices. But, um, did did you notice as well that we we had when the uh, when they were talking to the monster and he just went, no phones. <laughs> yeah. As well as being type A horror character, you know, it's great stuff. Um, but. He employed what you'd have to describe as surprisingly delicate diplomatic language to describe <laughs> what was going to happen. He says something like, forget exactly what he says, but he's like, you know, the dad walks up and goes, um, you know, can we use a phone? And he goes, no phones. You're welcome to come in, though. <laughs> You'll never leave. You know, like something like that. Just like something like if if you know you're in a horror story, that's the bit where you go, no, wait, no, no, I, it's him. I don't trust him. He's not to be trusted. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not for nothing. They've just seen, just before they cut the kids loose to run around in the park, they've just seen a wolf skulking about. Um, and said wolf then sort of corners the kids. And this is obviously <laughs> end of chapter three. <laughs> <laughs> so we've gone from the very real chance that somebody will get blown up to the very real chance that somebody will get maimed by a wolf. Yeah, and I love how this is resolved. Start of chapter four, the wolf leaves. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's just the the wolf walked out and looked at me and growled and then went away again. <laughs> it's like it's the experience of watching. If you, uh, you must have had this experience watching American TV shows that have been made with cliffhangers right before every commercial break. Yeah. But then obviously on DVD, all of the commercial breaks are taken out. So it just goes from like, you have this like, ah, moment to resolution within six seconds coming back (laughs) because you need to get on with the actual plot. (laughs) It's fantastic. And that happens at the start of every one of these chapters. Every last one starts with, but then it was all all right for other reasons. Yeah. yeah. So then the... um... Then they go, uh, 
wandering through the park, unperturbed by the brush with death with the wolf, because um, the the little lad Luke says, "Oh, it's all animatronics. It's brilliant." Um, so they walk through the park. They go past this no pinching sign. And they quite think that's quite a strange thing to have in the park. But, uh, Suspiciously the, bespoke, isn't it? Yeah. He's, he's the mad pincher, and then he comes <laughs> into a place where there's a sign up saying, no mad pinching. <laughs> yeah, number one rule. That's the golden rule uh, yeah. at Horrorland. Um, they go past a, one of the horrors who's selling black ice cream, which is, which is quite a, I mean, it's quite a short, some would say a fairly lazy description, um, because on the front cover, there's a picture of this horror with an ice cream stand and it's a black ice cream in the sort of shape of a bat and it's dripping um it's sort of it's, it's dri- sort of oozing this sort of black sort of treacly looking fluid off it and it's it's really weird because i'd imagine you sort of when the kids pick this book up they see that and remember it and then when they hear black ice cream they imagine this thing but it's just because you've seen yeah. it on the cover. It's not really described. Yeah. No, actually, I didn't notice the cover because I, I was using a Kindle. So I was just like, oh, so like just really sort of rich, dark chocolate then. Oh, that must be quite nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> once again, so once again, how much of a grown-up am I? Honestly, I'm sitting there going, oh, I'm sure that's lovely. Wouldn't it be pair, love, pair marvellously with a really lovely red? No, Dave, no. Uh, they find the first ride that they want to go on, and it's called... The Doom Slide, <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, if you pick the you, you pick uh, any slide between one and ten, and if you pick the wrong one, you'll slide forever. So don't pick the wrong one. <laughs> Guess who's going to pick the wrong? One? <laughs> ah, is it Clay in the red shirt by any chance? <laughs> so they go, so they each pick a slide. Clay picks number ten, which will become relevant in a minute. They all head off down it, sliding through the dark. It's brilliant. They're having a wonderful time. Um, Lizzie and, uh, and and Luke land at the bottom and start jumping around saying how brilliant it is and how great a time they're having. I'd imagine something like 20 minutes later, they realise that Clay isn't there. And they're like, did he choose the doom slide? End of chapter five. <laughs> did He's not much of a cliffhanger, that though, is it? Did he choose the Doom Slide? <laughs> yes, yes he did. Of course he did. <laughs> so they got to go and find him. Chapter six. Uh, Luke's uh, very concerned for his friend because he's basically saying, "If we don't find him, Dad's going to have to find him, and then we're going to have to go home. So we've got to find him." <laughs> <laughs> that I have to say, that is very realistic. That extreme <laughs> knowledge of a sort of ten or eleven year old boy of like how the fun's going to carry on happening <laughs> and how little it has to do with dad engaging in what's going to occur. <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, they actually make quite the brave decision, which is after wandering around trying to find where the slide comes out and they can't find it, they decide we'll just slide down slide number 10 ourselves and then we'll end up wherever Clay is, which may well be the afterlife. Let's find out. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that. It would, be, it would be a different kind of book, but, you know, in another kind of horror fiction, an Eli Roth kind of horror fiction, they would just jump into the slide. There'd be a grinding of metal plates, and then it would be, they awoke in the afterlife. Welcome to hell. <laughs> phones. No. No. No, no phones. <laughs> You've got so, carrier pigeons. <laughs> so they go at chapter seven, the head down slide 10, sliding for ages. It gets faster and faster and faster. These hot, sticky cobwebs end up going in the face. They slide through what looks like a lot of fire. Actually, no. Thank goodness. Sorry. I nearly missed a cliffhanger. They're sliding down, <laughs> and then they see a lot of fire. <laughs> End of chapter. Matt, I don't think you're appropriately respecting the tension of the cliffhanger format. You can't just skip past it. Oh, good heavens! What's going to happen to flipping Han Solo? What's what? How's it going to? Oh, he was fine. Yeah. I know that, but you've got to wait for the next film, haven't you? You've got to. Yeah. So they slide through the fire, chapter eight, and uh, they land. <laughs> <laughs> is it so the fire turned out to be nothing then was it yeah, yeah. immediately land. the fire was behind me right fine okay. they land in this new area of the park called doom population no humans apparently 
Which is a bit Amazing. harsh on I love that. harsh on Clay. Who's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just the guy, the monster, the horror that does the signs hasn't had a chance to update it yet. It's yeah. the only is the only thing there. I like that there's a sign up saying "Welcome to Doom." <laughs> like I would have thought Doom didn't need a welcome sign. No. I would have thought it was self evident both what it was and that you weren't terribly welcome there. Yeah, but it, it, it did cross my mind when it said "Population No Humans." That whether this was a subtle, like, clue as to what was going to happen, and that Clay, the red shirt, actually wasn't human, and it was like in on the whole thing. Oh, um, really? Oh, see, I was going to say I thought the whole thing was going to be they were, they were like slowly going to be turned into horrors, and that when you land there, they're like, mm. now you'll never leave. Yeah, and then you turn out to be something awful, and you go through a whole body horror thing. Both of which would have been a little more complex than what we end up with, but you know, <laughs> maybe a bit beyond like the the kids' the age range that we're supposed to read. <laughs> I don't know. Am I doing a disservice to children there? Probably. How much? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I I read some fairly complex shit, and it didn't mess me up at all, as you can tell from my ongoing engagement in uh, in horror fiction. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Luke goes from he was he was in absolute terror. Uh, when they were going down this slide and now they're at the bottom is is sort of bouncing around with delight again this i like this because this happens quite a few times with luke where he practically shits his pants and then at the end of the ride he's like this is amazing let's do it again because because that is kind of exactly what yeah. you like when you're a child at a real theme park it's terrifying yeah. it's terrifying it's brilliant yeah so. yeah absolutely and that i think it's very clear to me that R.L. Stein um, is male because the, the the little boy characters he writes are flawless. Yeah, like I have no insight into how realistic uh, Lizzie is as a presentation of a, a girl, but mm. as a at, like having been a young boy, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, yeah. Now they, they try and pick between going to the House of Mirrors or the Horror Rapids next, and uh, which and... one were you voting for? <laughs> no, yeah. And and then as they um as they're making their way along, another one of the green horrors comes up to them and just goes, Get away while you can <laughs> <laughs> and then waddles off. <laughs> That's it. It's the waddling, isn't it? It's not looming. It's not coming out of the shadows filled with dreadful purpose. Yeah. It's just squash, 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 squash. <laughs> Get out while you still can. Squash, 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 squash. <laughs> Yeah, and I love two things about this. One is, um, I think this is a bit of another missed opportunity because, again, I thought, oh, there's going to be some this this will this will come back later on. There's a horror that's on the inside but wants to help humans, but we never see this this horror again. Um, yeah, and and also this happens lo- quite a few times in the book now. Um, we started with the first one was the phones one actually, where these horrors like they come up, they'll say like a couple of words and then they'll just waddle. <laughs> <laughs> and no one ever goes after them. They just like do exit stage right, like every yeah, single time. Yeah, yeah, exit pursued by their own massive sense of inconsequence. Like you could go and talk to him. Really, you're not on rails, you know. Yeah, so he just waddles off. Get out while you can. Why? Well, he's waddled off. Leave him. It's fine. No, he's just forget about it. He's, his he's part waddling. of his tail is over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they so they so they go to the the house of of mirrors, um, and they make make their way through. Lizzie gets split from the other two. She ends up in one of the rooms where there's mirrors on the walls and on the ceiling and on the floor, which is quite interesting. That sounded quite yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. They eventually end up in these, like she can see Luke and Clay, but they're separated by glass glass walls. It's a glass room, and yeah. then they find there's no way out. Like all, whichever way they came in is now glass as well, and then yeah. the, then the sort of the glass walls start closing in, and they might get squashed. End of chapter nine. <gasps> I actually thought this was pretty good. Mm. I thought it was it was a bit weird the way they walk into a room that's filled with glass that nothing reflects off of, and they can see each other but not reach one another. Yeah. And then the walls start moving, but it's not clear how. Mm. I was like, is it like one? Is it like a like a vacuum wrapping machine? Is that, I don't know. <laughs> that felt a bit weird to me, but I actually thought as a piece of horror, it was great. The idea yeah. of getting squashed by these like 
totally see-through walls that are definitely still hard enough to kill you and crush you like a car. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I thought that was pretty good. You know, I, after astonishingly diffident wolves and <laughs> Michael Bay car explosions <laughs> and really, really seriously out-of-hand slides that turn out just to have something projected on the sides, this was actually pretty good. Like, yeah. this, was, this was a good one. This this one made me feel it reminded me a bit of like something you'd find in the night circus, like a tent. Yes. Or like that. Oh, it is, isn't it? Mm. Deary me! And so, bringing us Matt to a question: Which of these characters is Bailey? <laughs> it's Clay. Which surely. of these? It's Clay. <laughs> there's no. There's not even a conversation. It's <laughs> just like, of course, it's Clay. He's shit. <laughs> just wandering around, being inconsequential. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but at least he's not getting an astonishingly high proportion of the uh, of the page time, and at least I'm not being asked to feel like care about him as a protagonist. He is what he should be—a footnote in a red shirt. <laughs> so, chapter eleven, the walls are closing in. I've just summed up chapter eleven just with shit. That, that's all it is. That's it. That's all it is. Absolutely. <laughs> um, at the end, the just as you think Lizzie's going to get crushed. The floor drops away, and I assume she pops out like a cork and shoots down, um, and they sort of come out of a, another slide, and they're safe. And Luke again is bouncing around, loving it. Like, brilliant, <laughs> he's brilliant. Just, he's facing it off, isn't he? He's like, this is the sort of eleven-year-old version of meant to do that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, come on, Trig, we're leaving. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's it's exactly that phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, I meant to do that. Yeah, of course you did, mate. <laughs> And again, it's this sort of uh, parallel with real theme parks where I think it's Lizzie or Clay says, oh, yeah, it's all fun, but, you know, what if they made a mistake or something? It's, it's so dangerous. And yeah. it looks like a balls to that. It's going to be fine. Come on. Yeah. That's the next ride. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that's really funny as well, though, because he's, like, clearly so, like, engaged in, like, he's, like, actually more conservative than the other two of them. He's, like, kind of like, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. Of course they wouldn't let us die. There are systems. And let me tell you, <laughs> In a proper horror film, he's the guy who gets killed by the rampaging roller coaster. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so as they're having these conversations, <laughs> another another horror. This time with a couple of black balloons is sort of wandering around nearby. So they say to allay their fears, "Has anyone has anyone died here? Do people die here?" To this guy and this this horror, and he turns to them and goes, "Only once." And they're like, oh. And he's like, people only die here once. <laughs> and then Dave, and then he waddles off. <laughs> I love that he explains it. It's amazing. It's like, only once. And they're all a bit underwhelmed by it. And he goes, clearly that wasn't in any sense eldritch or terrifying enough. Allow me to explain in slightly greater depth. I mean, it's only possible for a person to die once. Now that you mention it, I suppose it is fairly obvious. I'm not aware of anybody who's died twice. Sorry to have bothered you. I'll waddle off this way. <laughs> Any follow-up questions, squash. Clay? No. <laughs> <laughs> anybody? I'm I'm available for Q and A. I do feel like that's what happens. He sort of delivers his line and then sort of waits, like hoping against hope that someone's going to ask him another question. And <laughs> no one does. So he waddles off. <laughs> this is a big part of his week, though, isn't it? This, <laughs> yeah. this is like, this is, he spends the rest of his time just waddling around by himself. And this once he gets to go and deliver a really proper fuck em up line. <laughs> and then it doesn't land. And he just walks away cursing the scriptwriter. Damn it! He just goes, it was my big moment. <laughs> they ask him the question. He's like, oh, this is it. This is my time. Has anyone died here? Only once. And like, everyone just sort of, just awkward, all what? looking at each other. People die only once. And there's another <laughs> pause. And he's waiting for them to ask something else. And I'm just sort of like, looking around. <laughs> <laughs> Waddles off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cheers, mate. Cheers, cheers. No, yeah. Thank you. No, we un we understand. Please, fuck off. <laughs> Perhaps I can fill you in on the terrible mysteries. No, and that's histories. all right. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> squelch, squelch, squelch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, the poor horrors. They're the tragic... Uh, they are. Tragic they're the victims. real heroes, Matt. They're the real heroes. <laughs> Fuck these humans, honestly. Uh, so chapter 13, is, this is a, another sort of run through of a few of the greatest hits of the park. So um, they go past this roller coaster that says, out of order, ride anyway. And uh, Luke's, <laughs> Luke's like, hell yeah, get me on that thing. <laughs> One begins to wonder whether Luke doesn't have some sort of problems. Because like, he's, he's gone from like embracing danger to actively seeking out like life-threatening peril. Yeah. Oh, what could possibly go wrong if I ride anyway a roller coaster that's broken? <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> so they, they run through this forest that has tree snakes and it goes all dark and they, they've got to escape the snakes. They run past these ugly monster statues which sound like they're laughing at them as they run past them and then the the path goes through this barn so they wander into it instead of going around the outside matt (laughs) instead of going around the outside they go into an environment they don't completely control and then the door shut they deserve to die they deserve (laughs) to die Sorry. I reckon it was Clay's fault. He didn't say anything. Oh, but I reckon Clay, yeah, what a wanker. Yeah, he's useless. Um, they, <laughs> they, go, they go in, the door's shut, and then there's a the sound of bats, and then all these bats are sort of flying around them. Um, and this is chapter fourteen, the scary bats. And I find this quite scary because after the, I've always found bats quite frightening. Ever since you told me that story about someone getting bitten by a bat and then having to go and get tested for rabies. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's a true story, and that—that's mm. actually tr- like where I, where I live in Asia. If there's rabies in the country and you happen to get like brushed or bitten by a bat, you're supposed to go and get checked out inside 24 hours. Apparently, otherwise, mm. um, otherwise you could get rabies and die. Yeah. Um, but if for some reason, I, I don't worry about that at all. I've never been <laughs> bitten by a bat. Like I've never, I've never actually had an encounter with a bat that was anything other than a bat swooping over my head and going, <laughs> "Glad I'm not down there on legs." Anyway, <laughs> fly away. Yeah. Well, I yeah. Well, this 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 gave me a little bit of a chill, especially when the, the one gets caught in a hair. Um, yeah, and she's just waiting for the out. teeth, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly the doors open, so they run out, and they realise there are no bats there after all, apparently. And and Luke says. It was special effects, and Lizzie's saying, but it was, I felt the bat in my hair, it was real. He's like, it was really excellent special effects. (laughs) (laughs) Luke pisses her off so much that she punches him in the shoulder, and he howls, he goes, oh! (laughs) My shoulder. I like her, her explanation of that. She says, you know, she said, I tried to be non-violent, so I only punched him on the shoulder yeah. because it's well known that even Gandhi, his his very self, um, actually said, you know, act with non-violence towards all men, except when the slags are really pissing you off, in which case it's OK to go for the shoulder. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's a full quote, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Luke recovers from that. And uh, they head back to the plaza. They go past um, a few children swimming in the alligator pond. Um, which, <laughs> you know, what could go wrong? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is something I'd like to touch on here, actually, is the number of people you see in the distance here continuing to make terrible decisions. It's yeah. like it's like Horrorland exists, basically, to hold all of those characters who infuriate you in horror films, where it's like, don't go in there, he's behind the door, don't <laughs> go out by yourselves. No, it probably is a good idea for you to charge your phone before you leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. All of that. All of those characters have clearly come here because who the fuck else, when seeing a sign up that says Alligator Pond, would go, yeah, this place seems to have a fairly fairly good policy on the safe handling of animals. That wolf, it just looked at me threateningly, growled and then left, so that was <laughs> fine. I'm sure the alligators will do something similar, but just more aquatic. Luke could be up for it. Yeah. No, he wouldn't be up for it at the time, though, would he, Matt? But afterwards, he'd be saying, yeah, it was fine. Then what yeah. you were scared about, it was fine. <laughs> And if he wasn't, he'd definitely send Clay in first. Yeah. <laughs> He's that guy, isn't he? Yeah, what, what are you worried about, you wuss? Go on, get in there, go on. He's fine. What do you mean, why aren't I coming? Never you mind that. <laughs> yeah. Um, they get back to the plaza, the main sort of area where you first get first uh, the main entrance, and the mum and dad aren't there. 
and this is the real sort of this this is quite good because if yeah. you for a child reading it that's the sort of real horror isn't it of um, yeah. getting lost in a theme park and you can't find mum and dad uh yeah. so they, so they go over to one of the horrors and they say um you know where's our mum and dad oh your mother and father are gone they left you a message though goodbye <laughs> you're right that is a great piece of horror writing for kids it is also it does somewhat beg the question to me as to why they're still asking anything of these horrors at every single point they have given them information which is at best cryptically useless and at worst positively terrifying but they're still going to them going can you help perhaps with this situation another roll of the dice maybe it's because they're cryptically useless because they're giving them those answers desperately hoping the kids are going to ask another question and they never do that's what it is i love it yeah they're gonna go they oh no they only died once ask me again so i can bring out the subtext the horrors in the subtext please they just walk off this is a this is no exception so they deliver the line they left a message goodbye and then chapter 16 opens with the horrors, the two horrors here, waddling off into his shed and just shutting <laughs> the door despondently. <laughs> any, any luck, lads? No, no, they're not going for it. They just I cannot get a rise out of these kids. <laughs> so it's another case, yeah. It's another case of they said goodbye. Um, any, any more questions? <laughs> any no. follow up there? Squote, 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 squote. <laughs> Closed door. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the poor horrors. Uh, so, poor yeah. horrors, Matt. Yeah. So then they, the kids decide to search for the parents themselves. So long search. We see a few other sort of rides and exhibits. There's a monster zoo. There's a guillotine museum. There's the alligator pond. And they're standing by the alligator pond and thinking maybe something happened to mum and dad. And just as Lizzie's thinking that and looking at the f- alligators floating around, she's pushed. <gasps> End of chapter. R.L. Stein, you toy with my emotions. So you're thinking, how can she get out of this? She's obviously going to fall into the water. She's, you know, there are alligators there. Is it going to, what's going to happen? Turns out, she wasn't pushed. Um, it's just a dad giving her a hug. This so, <laughs> is quite jumpy, isn't she? <laughs> she, yeah, she is, especially since she keeps trying to describe herself as the calm one. But yeah. she mistakes somehow her father giving her a hug of relief for somebody giving her a proper shove in the bo- in the middle of the back to yeah. send her into oblivion. <laughs> Although that, it might have been like him pretending to push her in and grabbing her because he does seem like that, that kind of guy. Because yeah. um, he, he's not reading dad jokes, dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, and he's not reading the like the underlying creepy situation here. Considering his car's exploded, there are no phones, <laughs> and uh, his kids look scared shitless out of their minds. His response to all this is, "Well, me and your mum haven't had any fun. We've been looking around for phones. Shall we, shall we go on a ride as well?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his response to it is robust physical comedy, followed by completely oblivious self-interest <laughs> this guy honestly i had the big i had this clearest picture of do you know stan's dad from south park <laughs> <It's basically laughs> <him>. perfect absolutely <laughs> perfect yeah so they 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 start wandering around looking for a ride this his dad her dad's long-suffering wife her mum must just be thinking what's going on she just wants to get out but She's like, okay, we'll do a ride. There's the coffin cruise where you lie in a coffin and sort of do a bit of a lazy river ride towards the entrance. So that sounds okay. <laughs> so they're sure getting that. <laughs> they get in that. They get in that. They're having a little float down. They look up in the sky, see a circling vulture, as you do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not so much foreshadowing this, is it? It's more sort of shadowing. It's, it's happening right now. Yeah. Start a bit of bants with Luke, telling him that he should live here. Because um, he likes it so much. And just then, suddenly, slam, the coffin doors close on everybody. So they're stuck now, in the dark. Were you surprised? I can't say I was surprised, Dave. No. <laughs> no, me neither. I was a bit surprised that on a lovely, apparently calm, meandering river something, 
they would all lie down in the coffins. <laughs> that would be a bit. That would be uncomfortably close to their actual use for me. <laughs> yeah. Have that's a look, a good you point. know, watch the world go by if it's quite nice. The only part of Horrorland that's nice to be in, you know. Yeah. Enjoy just, it a bit. Yeah, just lying on your back, staring up at the circling vulture, thinking this is lovely. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's a better view to be had there. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So the, so the, so the, 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 the coffin's shut. The, Lizzie hears her mum screaming. It's like, is that my mum screaming like that? So that is, that's quite scary. It's, a, it's probably one of the most scary parts of the book as a child reading it. Yeah, um, yeah. And then there are these spiders crawling up your legs while you're in there. Um, and, and she's obviously screaming and trying to sort of push them off. And then the lid opens and there are no spiders after all. And the <laughs> lid opens for some reason that we don't understand. Whoever's designed this park is just... <laughs> I mean, they're a knob, aren't they? I mean, let's be, let's be real. Whoever sat down and decided to do all of these things, that but with get-out clauses, they're not challenges. They're not yeah. like Indiana Jones where you've got to, like, you know, leapfrog over all of the snakes or whatever. It's yeah. just, just wait and get frightened. Yeah. That's, that's the solution to your problem. <laughs> so the lid comes up, no spiders, the ride ends, and Dad is pissed. He's not happy with that. <laughs> Dad is asking for his money back. <laughs> so he marches up to the booth, dragging the rest of them with him. But all the booths are closed, and they're locked in the park. Bum, bum, bum. They surrender, they, they think, oh, we'll climb out. No, no, you won't. It's a 20-foot high fence, so you can forget about that, Dave. So the kids are getting a bit worried, so mum calms them down by promising to take them for pizza afterwards, which is always a good idea. Um, and then... Then they get surrounded by horrors. They all come march out and like form a tight circle around them and basically say, there's no escape now. We are going to give you some fucking exposition whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> The <laughs> patience oh, has finally run out. <laughs> glorious, absolutely glorious. <laughs> so, uh, bring, bring, I do love these guys. So it brings us to chapter twenty-two. Um, so, Chief Horror, this uh, this lady horror, um, says, "Look, it's a real. You've been on a reality TV show. Thanks for coming. It's on the Monster Channel on cable." <laughs> the dad deflates a bit because he says. Um, it's a reality TV show. It's like I've not, I've not seen any horror park reality TV show. It's on cable. Oh, we don't have cable. Yeah, <laughs> I actually thought that was quite an interesting little moment of like not making it too beyond the reach of a lot of people who would have read it because mm. that's obviously that's about how much money you've got. Yeah, and it's clearly like and it, actually I thought it was a really interesting moment where this dad acts out a kind of a sense of disappointment or even shame at not having cable mm. not having spent money on cable mm. um which is just really i mean i can think of no reason for it to be there other than that the author decided it would be a you know it would be a smart thing to do or it would be something interesting to represent and mm. in a book filled with you know abc go plot structures <laughs> it was this surprisingly touching character moment actually i really liked it yeah yeah well um dad gets cheered up quite quickly after that disappointing memory because they say oh good news you're getting a new car he's like yes new car <laughs> come on <clears throat> what kind of car doesn't matter he all but starts moonwalking doesn't he it's a proper homer simpson thing <laughs> and they say um yeah so the exit's over here in this dark room so they want to come through here and like oh, okay it's, it's in here yeah okay sure there's nothing nothing untoward here <laughs> obviously they walk in <laughs> once again bang the door's shut and uh this voice comes up saying it's the monster obstacle course and this time you're doing it for your lives this is real this is for real now can can i tell you something at this moment matt mm. can i tell you i was astonished to discover that at this point in the book it started to chime a little bit with my actual life experience. <laughs> this, this is completely true. Right? This, 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 this is the point in the book where they're just about to be chased by a, a giant four-armed monster, giant birds, a furry snake, and get knocked over by a giant furry elephant. Well, spoilers, first of all. <laughs> the hell? Second of all, though. <laughs> um, now, 
Uh, eagerly <laughs> listeners to Shark Liver Oil will know that once upon a time I lived in Bangladesh, mm. and um, uh, once upon a time Matt came to visit me in Bangladesh. And Matt, I'm very sorry to tell you that one of the things we didn't do is go to <clears throat> Adventureland. Mm. <laughs> we didn't go to Adventureland, but this was. The it was the tackiest, most glorious theme park you've ever been to in your entire life. It occupied four city blocks right in the middle of this very, very crowded city. Um, and it had all sorts of really basically shite rides in it. And there were, there were rides that you genuinely looked twice and you were like, I'm not going on that. That has not been maintained properly. I will die. <laughs> yeah. Right? But there were other rides, like the, the water ride you wanted to stay away from a little bit because there were definitely, you know there were diseases in the water you wanted to avoid. Mm -hmm. um, but then there was a sort of, well, it, it wasn't a ghost train. It was like a ghost train, but with dinosaurs, a dinosaur train, if you will. And it was rubbish. You got onto this train and it was just a circular track, like three quarters of which was inside a building. And you went through and there were like flashing lights and dinosaurs sat there. They weren't, they were not animatronic billboards. They just sort of sat there and, you know, they, roared at you and shit mm -hmm. and then through speakers and then you came back around and you went back in again and then you came back around and stopped and this is all of course gloriously tacky I was in my middle 20s I thought it was hilarious and then you, the train starts again and goes into the darkened area with the dinosaurs and stops mm. and then a door opens to your <laughs> left to a room which in the layout of the thing is kind of between you and the outside so you're like, all oh, okay. right, I suppose, I suppose it's the exit. Yeah. And then you go in and the door slams behind you and it's pretty dark in this room. Hmm. Right. At that point, it does somewhat cease to be goosebumps because what happened then was, <laughs> I'm not kidding, Giant they cranked elephant? up the flow rider, they turned on <laughs> disco lights and a man in a bear costume came in and danced with us all for five minutes. <laughs> That would have been so true. much better if that had happened in this book. I know, wouldn't it though? I actually thought, oh, if only it was one day at Adventureland. <laughs> Made was it happen, any, honestly. Was there any reason for it? Was there a theme? Like... No, it was, there was a teddy young man in a bear costume. And it was Flo Rider who has apparently fuck all to do with ghost trains or dinosaurs or bears. <laughs> And the, the crazy thing was, we can't, we couldn't leave. They wouldn't open the door until we so all had a dance. <laughs> so we're all just like fifteen of us, just like, do we dance? I think we dance. That's I think what we have to do now is dance. World. I'm not. This is not a word of a lie. I'm not. This is not a tall tale. This happened to me. That's great. That's absolutely amazing. Well, I, I might go back to Bangladesh just to go to that. That sounds incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm heartbroken to tell you, Matt, that even before I left, they knocked it over. No. It's, it's, the land was worth too much, Matt. They oh. came in and they put a 25-story skyscraper on the thing, and we mourn its loss. But the legends say, if you go close to the door around midnight and think about teddy bears, you can still hear the forlorn <laughs> echo of Flo Rider. Uh, well, I've just had a great idea for a business venture in the UK. So. <laughs> Adventureland UK. Done. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Well, unfortunately for... Very unfortunately for the family, no such, uh, no such luck. It's... Uh, they're chased by a giant four-armed monster, some giant birds, a fairy snake, and I kind of get the feeling R.L. Stein's getting a little bit tired now because he does the fairy <laughs> snake and then he's like and then she's knocked over by something it's probably an elephant that's furry as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's knocked over by something 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 terrifying and <laughs> can i get paid yet and <laughs> i think his uh his fatigue is uh is demonstrated in some of these twists now towards the end as well. Because, uh, <laughs> I like his commitment to keeping them in there instead of just going, oh, and then they opened the door and it was all over, the end. It's like, no, got to, got to get to 15 twists in a book. <laughs> well, Lizzie's about to get crushed by the um, underneath the foot of a furry elephant and suddenly everything stops, time's up, um, you've survived, and the voice over the tannoy goes, there are three survivors from five. And... And Lizzie's like, oh no, two people have died. She looks around, she can see Clay, and she can see 
what's he called, Luke. And she's like, oh, mum and dad are dead. Cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, my mistake. <laughs> five five people survived. It's <laughs> the an amazing cliffhanger, though. That is a cliffhanger that comes straight from the school of administrative cock-ups, which I think we all know give everyday life their own little sheen of the horrific. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, administrative error. It turns out your family are alive. Move along, move along, please. Yeah, so everyone's okay. The dad has actually got quite a deep gash on his arm, apparently, so he was yeah, badly injured. Dark. Yeah, so this is the point where Lizzie thinks, well, this is, I've had enough of this. She tries to pull off the, the mask from the, uh, the lead horror who's still hanging around. And uh, that's when the truth is really is finally revealed. Do you want to know what the truth is? I am literally <laughs> on the edge of my figurative seat. These horrors, they're not people in suits. They're real monsters. Uh, but that doesn't make them any more threatening, though, does it? Because as far as we can tell, they still act like people in that when they come up to you with something to say <laughs> and then you just ignore them, they walk away forlornly with a squelching sound. <laughs> right? No? Uh, yeah, well, no, they've had enough now. <laughs> They're sick of being ignored. Utterly sick of being ignored for the majority of this book. They're now going to dispose of the humans who paid them so such little attention throughout the last 120 pages. <laughs> so so they're all getting pushed towards this massive purple swamp and uh, they're going to get pushed into it and drowned. And uh, the dad is basically given up. He just says, sorry. Um, sorry, sorry this has happened. Sorry you're all going to die. It's like, come on, dad. Sure, but a fight. Um, yeah. And... Lizzie thinks everything in the park is serious, you know, it's all real. And then she remembers the no pinching sign and thinks, hmm. So she pinches the lead horror. And from what I can tell, the lead horror pops, or at least deflates. So that's how you, that's how you get them. You pinch them. You pinch them. I'd love more horror films to have that as the way you deal with the bads. Imagine a zombie film where it's like, they will die, but you have to pinch them first. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing. Every climactic scene would just be like, oh no, he bit me. Oh shit. If only I'd brought my litter picker with me. <laughs> yeah. So, so they pinch a few of them and a few of them pop and then all the rest of them waddle off. So they, uh, they make a room for it, the family. Some horror who hasn't been paying much attention has now left the gates open. I like to think that's the that's the horror who said, "Leave oh. now!" Before he's helping from the inside, Dave. So you wouldn't, but you wouldn't trust that horror with the keys, would you? If you yeah. were, if you were the head horror, <laughs> the head honcho horror honcho, <laughs> you wouldn't trust it to the the soft hearted. Maybe yeah. we shouldn't kill all the humans after all, monster. Yeah, yeah. But, they, 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 anyway, the gate's open, they make a break for it. They remember they've not got a car because it blew up in that Michael Bay special effects in Chapter 2. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily enough, there's a row of purple and green buses. I'm not quite sure why. Um, just to one side. So they run and jump on one of those. Um, it turns out that the horrors are now chasing them, like waddling as fast as they can towards them. <laughs> <laughs> Please, there's more story to tell. <laughs> I've got more one-liners for you. They're cryptic. But if you ask, there'll be a payoff. <laughs> Promise. Dad guns the engine, and they they bust out of there in the in the in in the bus. They they drive all the way home. Get they, out. What? Sorry, hang on. Can we? What? <laughs> they drive all the way. Has, have the roads become more straightforward at this point? Did they put all the road signs back up? Did they find a sat nav under the seat? What what happened there? Don't worry. Oh, we about just it. drove home. Oh, no problem. Good work. Nice one. They drove home. They get back. But I do like this end bit. There's a little twist. So they get back. They all sort of get out the get out the bus, walk round the back of it, and there's a little horror hanging on. <laughs> he wants to deliver one last line, and and he says, "I wanted to give you your free pass for next year." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and. If there, if there was ever a more freeze frame, fade up theme music, everybody's laughing moment at the end of a piece of fiction, I do not know what it is. I held on because I, what, what is it he says exactly? I was, he reached out his green hand. Here, 
We forgot to give you your free passes for next year. Fading tennis sacks. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> okay, so ends uh, one day at Horrorland. What did you think? Oh, it was great. It was it was the <laughs> silliest hour I've ever spent reading anything. I enjoyed it very very much. I have to say, like it is, it, it was a it was even more fun to uh, to read it, knowing that this is how we were going to get back on the shark after <laughs> after a little while away. That was it was just I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed reading it, and I've really enjoyed recapping it it's one of my favorite <laughs> recaps that <laughs> especially those poor those poor horrors oh, All they the wanted to ho- do. nobody thinks of the horrors matt no nobody does shall i tell you what some other people thought of the book please do so carmen gave it three stars carmen says uh, on rereading the goosebumps series i'm surprised by how insane these books are I have, no, <laughs> I have no idea what kind of substances Stein was enjoying when coming up with these stories, but the books are just weird. This is this is number 16, and let me tell you, they're not getting any saner. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that he or she is reading them at length, like in a series, like you would do with like an all-day Lord of the Rings fest or something. You know, I'm going to read all the Goosebumps books, and then I'm going to lose the ability to speak in complex sentences. <laughs> I got, like the idea of she's she keeps opening the next one thinking, well, maybe this one's going to be a bit more sensible. You know, Revenge of the Garden Gnomes, that that one sounds like it's going to be a bit more sensible. Bit the, more uh, grounded. Yeah. Bit more grounded. The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. The Abominable Snowman of Pasadena. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. If only because Pasadena, not a lot of snow. Not a lot of snow. <laughs> um. I found it, not, there aren't that many five-star reviews. There are a couple. Um, Jesse gave it five stars. This is the first first book of the Goosebump series I read and the first R.L. Stein book I read. I enjoyed it so much, I went on to read the first 47 books in the Goosebump series. <laughs> Bloody and hell. A, and about 40 other books by R.L. Stein. So, How many um, books has he written? <laughs> well, he must sit down and churn them out over lunch. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that. Hang one. on a sec. I'm actually I'm gonna look that up. I'm gonna. This is the radio of a man looking something up on the internet. But how many books? I want to know how many is written. I reckon it's, it's been at referred least to 100. as the Stephen King of children's literature. There's okay. a there's <laughs> flipping there's a title. He sold over 400 million copies. Brilliantly, one of his other pen names, Matt, yeah. is Jovial Bob Stein. <laughs> Jovial Bob, good old Jovial Bob, <laughs> and he's written brilliantly. He wrote humour books before as Jovial Bob. Amazing, <laughs> dozens apparently. Horror Dark stories, hundreds. Yeah, I mean, I, nobody, nobody seems to know. That's incredible. <laughs> it's like some sort of elemental force. <laughs> That's bananas. Oh, hang on. No, I've got numbers. I've got numbers. All right, Go on. 20, 25 in Goosebumps 2000. Okay, 25. Plus 42 in Give Yourself Goosebumps. <laughs> okay. 67. Another 8 in the Give Yourself Goosebumps Special Edition. It's not clear to me why that needed to happen. So 50. So 75. 75, yeah. Fear Street has got 55 in it. There's <laughs> <laughs> 130. <laughs> New Fear Street has four in it. That's poor. Yeah, pull your <laughs> finger out, Jovial Bob. Fear Street Super Chiller has 13 in it, so that's a 147. Yeah. Five cheerleaders, three <laughs> Fear Street Sargent. This is fucking ridiculous. 152, 155. 99 Fear Street, the House of Evil's only got three. Wanker. <laughs> so we're well into 200. We are... I'm just literally... I'm not running out of lists here. 36 in the Ghosts of Fear Street. I mean, if you're going to go and live on a place called Fear Street, you've got it coming to you. You kind of get a few ghost stories out there, yeah. Mostly Ghostly was a series. Mostly. Mostly. The, the rest of it was boredom. The Nightmare Room. Fuck off. How many? 
All right, I don't know. The best I can tell... I've not even got to the standalone novels, Matt. The best I can tell you is that Jovial Bob Stein, he wrote a few books. <laughs> Jovial Bob. Brilliant. Okay, well, there's plenty more for Jesse to read. Um, I reckon Jesse may... Yeah, 47 really is not really, not really putting the right amount of time in, is it? Like, <laughs> you know, call yourself a fan. Um, Carly's, Carly's quite good, because Carly gave it four stars, but she kind of reviewed the park more than the book. listen to this I'm giving this one four stars because it was a little too creepy for me my favourite ride was the House of Mirrors because it was fun the scariest ride was the Deadly Doom Slide I would not pick slide number 10 because it's the Doom Slide (laughs) what a line it is oh well thanks for clarifying that (laughs) I would not pick slide number 10 because it's the Doom Slide if you choose it you will slide forever and if it stops you will slide to your doom I would not go to Horrorland for a day. No way. I think I would recommend it to Haven, Haley, and Emily, but not to Piper. <laughs> not for children under four. <laughs> she, man, she's got a beef with Haven, Haley, and Emily. But Piper's all right. Piper's fine, so it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well done, Carly. Cracking, cracking yeah, well, review. Well done. Um, a couple of people who didn't like it so much. Philip gave it two stars. He said, this is definitely just a weird one. And I always pictured the dad running around like Rambo at the end when they tried to escape. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay good money to see a film starring Sylvester Stallone as the dad in this. <laughs> uh, Dustin gave it two stars. He makes quite the bid for um, greatest review of all time. When he is it's two lines, Dustin says, One of many Goosebump books I read as a kid. Don't remember much about it, but I do remember it was okay. <laughs> So what drives you to go on fucking Amazon and write that? You've got to log in, you've got to find the book, and then you've got to get there basically in order to go nah. But shrug not your actually Yeah, exactly. Not typing out the shrug shoulders emoji, actually typing out that in sentences. Like that's Wow. I don't I don't remember much about it. I do remember it was okay. <laughs> It was fine, base. I man, I really want to start doing shark liver oil reviews on books on Amazon, where I just go in and put the words "basically fine," <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then leave. Read it, pop it back on the shelf. The, um, Won't make a difference to your life. Yeah, and that's it. Uh, <laughs> there are two one-star reviews, um, and both are, are one stars for opposite reasons. So Jorge gave it one star and said. In capital letters, I think the book is not scary at all. <laughs> but, but, Did you really go to a book with a dayglow front cover expecting <laughs> to find yourself reading Stephen King? Uh, Neo, on the other hand, <laughs> taking a day off from being the one in order to review some of his favourite children's fiction. Cool, cool. Yeah. He gave it the one star and said, too scary. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Fighting mm. Agent Smith I can cope with. Fighting an army of Agent Smiths I can cope with. <laughs> Being trapped in an incomprehensible plot I can cope with. Monsters? <laughs> uh, and the final review I was going to go for for today, um, Katie gave it five stars. And she says, um, I read this over and over again when I forgot pa- and I forgot parts. I love this book because it feels like I'm reading a dream nightmare that I would have. It's hard to explain, but I recommend reading this to experience one amazingly cool, scary, fast-paced book, my favourite Goosebumps book. I quite like that idea of um, it's it's the kind of dream or nightmare that you could imagine having yourself. And I imagine yeah. that's quite a close connection, if that's how you feel. Yeah, 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 that's well done. Mm. So, there we go. That is the, that is the com- comprehensive essential take on Goosebumps One Day at Horrorland um, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing I'm disappointed about in my copy this time I always remember the Goosebumps letters used to be raised on the books so you could feel yeah. the like they don't do that anymore, it's just flat oh that's poor come on Skulltastic, get your finger out and put the bumpy book covers back on that would be my plea that would be my plea to the good people at Skulltastic who uh 
who published that book. But yeah, so if you've got any thoughts on, um, well, I'm not sure why you would, but any thoughts on One Day at Horrorland by <laughs> Goosebumps. If you to have read this as an R.L. Stein <laughs> fan out of his 300-plus publication. Uh, do, do send in your reviews to sharkliveroyalpodcast at gmail.com. That's sharkliveroyalpodcast at gmail.com. We will do um, a more well-known book um, for the next uh, next run of the series. We've also got Christmas coming up, so any suggestions for uh, books or films to cover over Christmas would be appreciated too. Because we sometimes struggle to find a good book to do at Christmas, don't we? They don't, they're not particularly... We've obviously done A Christmas Carol. You can find that if you look back. But beyond that... There's not that many Christmas books knocking about. No, not that many. So any suggestions, do send them in. Uh, but yeah, sharkliveroyalpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter, at sharkliveroyal. And uh, until next time. Until next time, man. Don't get lost and go to Horrorland. I won't. <laughs>